Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. this morning. I'm Pastor Josh. It's so good to have you guys here. And yeah, we have been um, really talking about our kids lately because isn't it a wonderful thing to invest in our future, which is our kids? And so we want to just uh, definitely uh, spend time, uh, our time invested in that. We want to spend our resources invested in that. We believe in the next generation here uh, at Engaged Church. Isn't that exciting? All right. It is a little warm in here this morning, so I'm going to try to keep you guys woke up. I don't know. I feel warm anyhow. But so we're uh, we're in a conversation the the next couple weeks. We've we've been and and we just believe, you know, as we step into the new year, 2018, that God wants to change our world. He wants to change your world individually from the inside out. He wants to do something in you. In His Word, I mean, we could we could go on and on with Scripture. I mean, Scripture tells us that it is better to give than it is to receive, and so we want to have that perspective as we go into 2019. But let's be honest, we're all very busy people. Our schedules are cramped. Um, our culture is just a fast-paced culture, right? And so sometimes when we hear it's better to give than it is to receive, our mind kind of goes in different places. Some of us right away, we think about money. Uh, some of us think about our time. Some of us just think like we don't have either. So what can we do? Things like that. So we're just having discussion, real raw discussion on, on what that looks like and that there's, there's ways that we can give ourselves in ways that we may not be thinking. And so to keep on theme, uh, we're really just talking about how to neighbor. See, there was a, a religious uh, leader. He was like an expert in the law in Scripture back in Jesus' time. And he says to him, this is, a, this is a man that's supposed to know all the law. He says, you know, I know that the law says to love God, and it says to love my neighbor as myself. But, like, who is my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't answer him in a way to say, well, it's Bill, Bob, Sue, because they're the ones that like live around you. He actually says, no, you're thinking of this wrong. I want to show you how to neighbor. It's not about who your neighbor is because I love everybody. I want to reach everybody. I'm here for everybody as well as we should be. So he gives us principles on how we should neighbor. And a lot of how we neighbor has to do with just changing stuff inside of us. The reality of it is, is we've all had life experiences, some of us good, some of us bad, some of us kind of okay here and there, whatever, and it's left some of us jaded, it's left some of us tainted, so it's good to know that we can come back to Scripture, we can come to God, He can show us how we neighbor, how we should, how we should be feeling inside towards others, how we should treat others, how we should be thinking about ourselves. And so today, I'm going to start off with a bunch of numbers. They're not going to be up here. You don't have to remember there's not going to be a test or anything. But I just, these were alarming to me. Today, when we talk about how to neighbor, I, I want to talk about orphans and widows. Orphans and widows. Last week, we talked about racism Thank you, Jesus, for getting me through that one. That was just like, a, I don't know, for me, that was really tough. Not, not a ton of uh, experience in that area. But, but we really saw where our heart should be there. And today, we're going to talk about orphans and widows. I'm really excited about this. I think that this topic alone, if we can change as individuals and change as a local church, we can really impact the city in a powerful way and the kingdom of God. And so here's just some statistics for you, just some numbers just to kind of, 
get us started and then we'll, we'll go somewhere with this. Um, but there's about 438,000 kids um, in the United States that are in foster care. Of those, 100,000 are waiting to be adopted every year. So that's a, that's a lot of kids that, that are without families and homes. 23,000 kids age out of the U.S. foster system each year. 23,000. So that means they're too old, they're not in there, they're, they're out on their own. And this like alarmed me. I just was like, wow, I, I did not realize this. But one-third, which would be somewhere around 8,000, they won't finish high school, will become homeless. Um, they'll, they'll probably turn, you know, more susceptible to, to turn to drugs and alcohol addiction, unplanned pregnancy, gang affiliation, and sex trafficking. It doesn't sound like a future we want for our future generation, right? And, and um, I, I don't say all these just to make you feel bad because believe me, I was just like, man, these are just so alarming to me. But about one million women, I don't have the men's side of it, I apologize, but about one million women in the U.S. become widows each year. You believe that? A million women in the U.S. alone become widows every single year. Wow, that's just, that blew my mind. I don't know. Maybe this doesn't surprise you. And in many other countries, so we're just talking about the U.S. with those statistics, but in many other countries... If you become a widow, it is still very much like Old Testament style life. You lose your land, you lose your, you lose your possessions, you can lose like jobs, things like that, your security. It's almost like becoming a widow like destroys your life. It's just insane. And just to bring it just a touch closer to home because those numbers are all just like huge and they're broad and all that and I understand that, is that in 2018, Minnesota had 17,000 kids in foster care system. 17,000. I don't know how many that would be per uh, county, but it's just an incredible number. But here is what I want to kind of bring us around today. I want to just have this discussion. I want to let God's word just kind of shape some of our hearts, is that no matter how big these numbers are, no matter how big, no matter how small, the reality of it is, is there is more Christians, there is more followers of Jesus Christ, there's more believers, there's more churches than there are kids and widows in need. That sounds like a call. That sounds like a challenge. That sounds like something that we should consider as believers and as a local church. It's just a thought. See, I truly believe in 2019, I, I believe this, is that God wants to change your world. He wants to change your world. This is what God does. God, God doesn't do things the way that we think all the time. You know, the scripture says that many are the plans of man, but God's purpose always prevails. That's the way God is. It's, he's usually kind of going against the current, you know. It's just kind of how he does things. But I don't believe that God just wants to make this small change in you because that's not who our God is. I think that he wants to completely change your world from the inside out. I think that he has something beautiful for you in 2019, and as we all are shaped and we all grow closer to him, it changes us as a local church, and it impacts our community, and our community impacts the world. And this is what God's design was. He wants to change your world. He wants to change your heart. And when it comes down to these orphans and widows, there is a plan. God laid out a plan in his scripture of how we can remedy this, how we could play a part. And please follow me all the way to the end of this sermon because 
if you're, you're going to at times feel like I'm telling you we all better run out there and adopt a kid, <laughs> okay? That's not what I'm suggesting today. But please just keep your, keep your mind and your heart open, and it'll all kind of conclude at the end. I just want to share some scripture with you. Do I have your permission to do that? I don't want to weird you guys out or anything, so I just want to tell you what's coming. But God has a plan for this. He has a plan for those million widows a year. He has a plan for those 438 orphans, right? And I know that it's millions are actually orphans. That's just what's in the foster care system, okay? He has a plan for those. Those 17,000 children last year that were in the foster system, he has a plan to remedy that. But it takes effort. It takes some of us saying yes, opening up our hearts, opening up our minds. And this is what it says in James 1.27. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So the, the central theme of the gospel, the central theme is loving and caring for those in need. That's, that's just the central theme of it. That's what he wants. See, it's better to give than it is to receive. Like, there is a time in our life where we need to recognize what Jesus has done in our life. We need to accept that forgiveness, and we need to, we need to deal with that. But that forgiveness changes us. See that? It, we don't, when we realize that every sin that we've ever committed, all of that shame, all of that guilt, all of that unful, unfulfillment has come and been forgiven, it has to change us. We have to do something now. It puts us into action. See, grace is a free gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It is a freely given gift. There's nothing that you can do to earn God's grace. That's a beautiful thing. It's already been done with what Jesus did on the cross. But when we realize what has happened to us, and we have this, this time until we meet Jesus again, right? Right? That recognition of, Jesus, you have changed my life, you've forgiven me, it compels us to move and it changes the trajectory of our destiny. And we become outward towards people, and less selfish. And we start to look at the world the way Jesus does, hurting and in need, and we have to do something about that. You guys with me here this morning? All right. So this week, I mean, um, I just, I don't know, I, after I've had two daughters, I have just become like the biggest softy. I have a son too, but the, the daughters, I don't know what it is about daughters. They just, they get the dad's heart big time. And uh, so when I, see, when I see kids in need, it's like I just become like a sob mess. Like it's not cool, you know, like, and I'm not going to do that here today, but this week um, I just had an opportunity to hear a couple stories and it, and it broke my heart but I'm just going to share it with you. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I, I just saw some kids. Oftentimes, you know, when we hear those numbers, and I just start firing out, you know, 438,000 kids in the foster care system and 17,000 in the state of Minnesota and 1 million women that are widowed, it's easy for us, especially in a culture that is so, uh, you know, social media and news and we're kind of always getting this new information, it's easy to just kind of get numb to that and just be like, yeah, that's sad, and then move on with our day. And we don't put names, we don't put faces, but this week, you know, I, I, I saw a three-month-old, Sylvia, her mother's in rehab off of Oxycontin, and she doesn't know who the father is. 
There's no idea of if mom's going to be back around. And this, this three-month-old, she just got dealt this card with her parents, and, and we pray for her parents, and we want to see them healed and believe that God can do miracles in their lives. But she got dealt this card where mom's in rehab and doesn't know who the dad is, and it's just rough for this three-month-old. Think about the, the, the uh, challenges that she'll have through life. It's sometimes it makes our problems maybe not seem as, as hard. Nine-year-old twins, this one was just insane because I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I'm like, man, Michael and Jonathan, their father's in prison, their mother overdosed and died. They have no chance of ever knowing their mother again. They don't even know if they'll be together in the system because their father's um, in prison. I don't, I don't say this to, like, sadden us this morning. I, I understand it does. This is not a guilt trip. Please understand that. But this is the reality, the life that people live and the challenge that we have. See, when I, put, when I just put those two stories out there, it's not so much a number or a stat anymore, is it? They have names, they have faces, they have a story. And all of those 438,000 kids that were in the foster care system last year have a story. They have a circumstance. Some of them come from broken families. Some of them are just fatherless. They, they, their fathers are gone, and, and that's, a, that's a big one these days. Uh, divorce has just happened. There's poverty. Um, man, we've, we do some things in Haiti and um, a lot of missions over there. And it's, uh, it's just a, a terrible story that these families actually give their kids up, not because they want to. It breaks their heart, but they are so poor that they cannot support them and they need a better life for them and, and they get sent out for a number of things. And, and it's just a sad thing. So poverty, some of it has to do with substance abuse. Some people, you know, prison or jail time um, has caused that. Homelessness, domestic abuse, uh, um, gang violence, the human trafficking is a really sad deal, um, really sad deal these days. And it's not like it's just all in the bigger cities and things like that. It's right in our backyard. In fact, I just saw a video this week of somebody that got busted, uh, like a 40-year-old trying to pick up a 15-year-old girl just in this quick trip parking lot. And they videotaped it and busted him. So if you think that it's not around you, it is. These are things that affect us. They impact us. We have to be real about this. We can't just sugarcoat and pretend like it's not happening. We have to open our eyes, and I think that we're called to do something because here's the, real, here's the realization. In all those circumstances, in all of those circumstances, who pays the highest price? It's the kids. The ones who don't deserve it, the ones who couldn't do anything about it. That three-month-old, how could she have done anything about her mom and her dad? Those nine-year-old twins, what could they have done? But they're the ones that are deeply impacted by this. And they maybe don't hold up a billboard and say, we need help, but I think their lives cry out, we need help. And so we have to look at this as believers, as, as people that, that hold the sanctity of life just close to their hearts, we have to consider what could be done. It's overwhelming, don't get me wrong. It's very overwhelming. But Psalms 82 gives us a little uh, uh, picture about... about uh, uh, what we can do. It says, defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. See, to me, that's just like, that's like a call. That's like, that's like a, a challenge to say, 
Do something about it. I don't care what, just move towards it. <laughs> you know, like, like it, it's not like, hey, you know, it's, it's not your deal. Just kind of wash your hands and, and let it go. It, it, it's really a, a challenge. It's really a call to us to say, do something about this. Play your part. This isn't something that you can just close your eyes and pretend it's not happening because it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. In fact, two years ago, that 438,000 that was in foster care in 2018 was under 400,000 just two years ago in the United States. So it is a growing issue. The fatherless, the, you know, where do you think those kids are going that get out of that system? They age out. They've never had any parenting. They're going to go to the best influence they have, which may be, like you said, like gang members, drug addiction, homelessness. It all starts with this next generation. See, God cares about these children more than we can imagine. And, and I mean, I know we know that. I, I, think we, I think we know that. But we need, to, we need to kind of like simmer in that for a moment. You know? Of how desperate and, and, and how much God cares for these children. See, in Psalm 68, 5 and 6, it says that God is a father to the fatherless. Listen to this. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. This is who he is. This is who he is. God sets the, low, the lonely in families. This is what he does. His purpose is to bring relationships together. And his holy dwelling, his character is that he cares for the orphans and widows. He does something about it. And as believers, I understand that some of us are here today and we're, just, we're kind of just seeing what we believe in, if we believe in God, if we believe in Jesus, and that's okay. You're welcome here. We're so glad that you're here. Please, feel comfortable. This is not like a pressure on you. You'll have to make that decision. All we pray is that you give us one more opportunity to tell you about the Jesus that's changed our lives. But be comfortable here. You're welcome here. But as far as the believers, like... If we, are, if we are taking on God's spirit, right? If we, are, if we are accepting his forgiveness and he dwells in us, then this characteristic dwells in us that we care for orphans and that we care for widows. Our heart breaks like his heart breaks. We seek to put these people in families. This is something that should beat with our heart. And my question here today is not to sit here and like, like I said, I mean, I understand where I'm at right now. You're like, wow, I didn't realize that I was like coming in this morning and, and being asked like if I would take foster care kids into my house. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if we know these truths, we have to consider it. Some of us have never considered it. And all I'm saying is ask yourself the question, what if God had your home in mind? What if God had your family in mind? What if? That's all I'm saying. What if you were the answer to some child's prayer? What if you were the answer to some widow's prayer? I'm just saying, what if? You know, you might be thinking, like, I am not called to foster, and this will be the last time I come to this church because this is trippy. I'm just saying this. I'm not telling you that that is. You may not be called to do that. Many of us aren't. I'll just, I'll put myself there. At the moment, I don't feel led to adopt a child or foster care. That's not my leading. I still want to do something. What I'm saying is before you make that decision, all I'm saying is pray about it. Because God does something in prayer 
that is just so unique and we meet him, when we have this relationship with him and we just have these conversations, he changes us. He puts these little tugs on our heart. And when he does that, it's usually not for us. It's to bless somebody else. And in this case, I believe the orphans and the widows. And so I'm just suggesting that we ask those questions. What if, what if he had your home in mind? What if he had your family in mind? What if he had you in mind? Just pray that prayer. And then write me those emails of like, why did you make me pray that? Because now I'm fostering and like all that, you know, hey, you never know what God will do. It's crazy. But I mean, maybe there's, here's just a couple scenarios. Maybe there's a teenager out there struggling to graduate. And you're just that person that can step into their lives for a moment in their history of their life and impact them in a way that will forever change the course of their life. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe it's two siblings that are just begging to stay together, those brothers. And God just puts on your heart that you have to do something, that you can do something, and the time is now. What could that do for them? What could that change? How could that change their perspective of who God is even? What if it's just a child that has special needs and just needs a little extra TLC and you're just that person in their life that can provide that for them? What if it's a mother that's just struggling on her own to be a single mom and she, she doesn't even need money, a place to stay or anything, just needs a hug once in a while. Like, we get it, it's hard. I'm telling you, I have a loving wife who does a lot for my kids. I could use one of those once in a while with three kids. Amen, parents? Like, you know, it's hard. Imagine doing that on your own. I can't. I don't even want to think about that. I love my kids, but I would not want to be a single parent. Oh, my goodness. I have a lot of respect for you guys. My suggestion here is that it may be more like God to bring people into your family and I don't mean necessarily just bring people into your home, but I'm talking about bring people into your life. Bring people into your life. It may be more like God than anything else you'll ever do. I'm saying that. I think bringing people into your life, opening you, yourself up to other people and bringing them into your life might be more like God than anything you'll ever do. And why do I say that? Because God adopted me into his family God adopted all of you that have accepted him. He has taken you into his family. This is his character. This is who he is. We are all, in a sense, these orphans and widows, if you will. We were lost in our sin. But God had a plan to make us right through Jesus Christ and bring him back into his family. He's adopted us. He's taken those steps because he loves you. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at Ephesians 1, 5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what, check this out, he wanted to do and it gave him pleasure. Little side note here of encouragement. Some of us are in a spot right now where we don't feel worthy. We don't feel cared for. We're confused how we even look at ourselves, view ourselves. Our self-esteem is just off the chart. We don't even know where we're at or what to think. Isn't it nice to know that God has chosen in advance, no matter what you've done, he's chosen in advance and he is excited, it pleases him to adopt you into his family. So your father and mother may leave you. 
Your friends may forsake you, but God never will. Some of us have been dealt really good cards. My parents have been around for me. Others haven't. They're like that three-month-old Sylvia that is now without a mom and a dad, and they don't know if they'll ever get back together. But God's love never changes. It pleases him to adopt you into his family. That should change us alone. That's who he is. That is his character. And I want to share just a, a little story with you. It's not really a story. I'm just going to read something. But uh, Brandon and Leah uh, Munson are actually our kids' directors. He was up here, that really energetic young guy, sharp-looking dude uh, that was talking about, <laughs> that was talking about uh, the kids' ministry. But this statement alone, hear me when I say this, this statement alone has me put so much faith in those two that they're pouring into my kids. And I think it should all, it encourage all of us. Because Brandon and Leah have decided to be foster parents. Okay, they're, they're young. Brandon, how old are you guys? 27-ish? Yeah, mid-20s. Mid-20s. So they're in their 20s. They've made this decision. I mean, that's a big decision. And what's interesting to me is as they've made that decision over the years, they've actually had a lot of pushback from people in their closer circles. Like, why would you guys want to do that? Have kids of your own? They just don't feel called to do this. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody's calling here, but this is their heartbeat. And this statement alone really has me put a lot of trust in them, and I'm so grateful that they're uh, with our kids upstairs. But this is what they said. It says, when we think about Jesus on the cross, we remember the nails in his hands, the crown of thorns upon his head, the wounds across his body, but most of all, we remember his sacrifice. He, uh, he was willing to become broken so that we could become whole and one day be reunited, reunited with our Father in heaven. Foster care and adoption is a lot like that. It's sacrifice and allowing yourself to become broken, knowing one day you might have to say goodbye. But if the chance for a child to feel love and hope for the first time means that our hearts have to break, then God, let them break just as you did for us. Jesus sacrificed his life so that we could be adopted, and now it's our turn to do the same. I mean, that's just beautiful right there. That, 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 that just... That changed a little bit of my view on Brandon and Leah, I'm not going to lie. Because it shows me where their heart is. I see Jesus in that. I see God working in their life. I see the fruit of that. And, and that's the kind of people that I want to impact my children. My children have a father and mother. But see, when we care for the orphans and the widows, it starts to be a ripple effect of how we treat this, the entire world around us. If our heart is to, is to play a part into the broken, is to, is to look at a widow, a single mom or a single dad, and just pour into them, just support them, how are we going to view our neighbor that lives right next to us? Probably in a very similar way. It's just going to kind of pour out of us, and people are going to glean this support and this love that Jesus wants us to show the world. If we have a desire to just do something for these orphans, I think that it'll be seen, not just here in our local circle, but out there in the world. It'll change the way that we make decisions. It'll change how we spend our money, how we wear our wedding rings, how we treat our kids, how we treat people around us. It will change our world. Learning how to neighbor these orphans and widows. Two promises that I have for you, if, if God's really tugging on your heart, and he may very well be. 
It's not going to be easy. That's promise number one. But promise number two is it is going to be so worth it. Because those orphans and those widows and the single dads and the single moms and all that, they are people with names and a story. God has a plan, and he just may be using you to bring them forward closer to him and change their world. Through that, it'll be so worth it. Everybody cannot adopt. Everybody cannot foster. I just want that to be said. I get that. It's not what we're talking about here this morning. Everybody should, I will say this boldly, everybody should do something. Every single one of us that call Jesus our Lord and Savior should be compelled. This is a calling. This is not just maybe good advice or a principle to go by. This is what we are called to do as a body of believers, as people that gather and worship what God has done in our life, that should pour out into other people's lives. And Jesus says, here is what that looks like, orphans and widows. That's your model. Go after them. Love on them. Do what you can. And I say, seek out and pray what God has. Maybe it's just a handshake, a, a card, a coffee. Maybe God's telling you to give somebody a, a bunch of money. I don't know. That's on you, and that's where prayer comes in. I'm not really suggesting any of those or all of those. But because we believe in the sanctity of life, we care about all life. That's here at Engaged Church. We believe in it. You know, we believe that, that an onboard child is important. We believe that a baby, that three-month-old baby, is so important and valuable because God does. A pregnant teen girl that is just scared to death. You know, this one's kind of personal to me because I had a, I had a sister, she's older now, and, and it just, when I think about the church, I actually have a lot of positive. You know, I know out there, like, we, we can really bash the local church and like, oh man, judgmental and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's people that are, no matter where you go. But one thing that was just really disappointing to me is my sister actually got pregnant at the tail end of her being 17. And when she would go into a service or she'd get around Christians, it wasn't that they'd like, you know, turn her nose or like think like she was unclean, but they just kind of, it was like super judgy. And it just always like burned me a little bit, you know. It's like, what's the deal here? And it's sad because my sister then, she, you know, she actually went through a rough phase in life, like really rough. And she got separated from family and she got into some legal trouble. And when she came on the tail end of that, these people that helped shape her brought her in, just supported her where she was, just loved her where she was, prayed with her, supported her, and like tried to help her get out. They opened up their home to her. And she gave her life to Christ, and she's following Jesus today. Her life has ever changed. Ever changed. But the way that those people responded to her at first, really kind of pushed her away. Do you think that response brings somebody closer to the heart of God or pushes them away? And if we really looked in the mirror, anybody who walks through that door, are we really better or have it figured out any more than they do? Because scripture actually tells us the truth that we're all sinners. And that even our best deeds are like filthy rags to our God. No matter what we do, we still need the blood of Jesus, just like every single person that walks through that door. So the truth, if you're feeling like that person, maybe my sister, maybe like you've been pushed away, so I want to tell you that Jesus loves you right where you are today.
And we embrace you right where you are today. But we also believe that God wants to change your world from the inside out and that he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He loves you where you are, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants you to grow. He wants you to grow closer to him. And that's what church families are for, is to care for you in that process. I just pray that we, we do that. See, because here's the, here's the thing about today. It's not about opening up your house and being a foster care. I mean, if God puts that on your heart, awesome. It's not about bringing like a single mom in and, and giving her a home. If God puts that on your heart, awesome. This is the truth and the reality that we need to hear as believers and as people that are uh, involved in a local church is that people don't just need a family because moms and dads can leave you. Aunts and uncles can go away for many different reasons. People don't, need, don't just need a family. They need a godly family. They need God's family. This local church, not just this local church, but the local church is the hope for this city because we carry the love of Jesus with us. It is the hope. People need a godly family. And we have to start taking on that character of God. One of those ways is to care for the orphans and widows. It'll change our hearts. It'll absolutely change our hearts. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And when we pour into a child, like one child, I recognize that it doesn't change the world. I mean, depending on how your perspective is, it doesn't really change the world, but it certainly changes the world for that one child. I wonder what Sylvia's life would be if somebody just came right now and just committed to her. Said, I am going to love you until it hurts. Even if it means my heart's going to be broken because you're going to be taken away, I'm going to love you right now. I wonder what those two nine-year-old boys with their father in prison and their mother dead, if somebody just said, I'm going to be a mother to you. I may not ever be able to have you in my house, but I am going to, I'm going to make sure that you have clothes when you go to school. I'm going to pray for you every single night. I'm going to encourage you when I see you. I'm going to be at your soccer games, at your basketball games. Whether anybody asks me to be there, I'm choosing to be that person for you. I wonder what that would do in their lives. Or that single mom or dad out there that just needs a, a darn hug or maybe a meal on a Monday night because things are crazy or, or help with cleaning their house or whatever that might be. I'm not going to go into all the scenarios. We can't do everything, but we certainly can do something. We can pray, attend an event. We can do a shower for people who are adopting, meal once a month, babysit. Anybody looking for babysit or wanting to babysit, talk to this guy. Um, I mean, I know some people, you know, that need it. Uh, we could do respite care, caseworker, um, you know, support a single parent, provide transportation, provide diapers. Anybody had babies in the last, like in the near future? I know we have some coming into it. Budget now. It's like a, a down payment for a house that you need. I mean, babies poop a lot, and they're expensive. They do. Car seats, you know, maybe somebody needs a car seat, they need some clothes, things like that. And honestly, like this isn't just a plug, but it's very true. We can impact our kids here in this local church and serve in our kids' ministry. There's lots of kids up there that just need, need good support and people that they know that they can talk to outside of their families and support them. Investing in life, like I said, investing in the life of one of these children, it doesn't necessarily change the world, but it'll definitely change their world. And that's worth investing in, amen? That's worth investing in. 
So I just want to leave you with some what ifs here. Just what ifs today. What if in our local church, what if we had a waiting list of people waiting to serve in the kids' ministry? What would that tell our next generations of kids of what they mean and how much it matters? I'm not talking about the fact that we need chairs moved and things like that. I mean, I'm just talking about so many people overwhelmingly can't wait to serve them. What does that tell our kids how much they are valued and cared for? That's where I'm going with that. If every single mom or dad, the single mom and dad, were supported in our ministry, you think that's something that would draw them closer to God? You think that's a church family, a godly family that people need to be a part of? I think I say yes on that. What about a lady with an untimely pregnancy, but our church is just glad to support and care for her, wrap our arms around her? These aren't things that have to be done on a daily or these overwhelming things. They're, they're very simple. Um, what if instead of children waiting for families to love them, we had families waiting for children who needs homes? I mean, that would just be an incredible thing to see in a, in a local church. And I, I think this is the standard that the church needs to show the world. So that we're locked and ready because we've been changed. Our world has changed and we cannot wait to serve because we recognize that it's better to give than receive. And we want to know how to neighbor, not who to neighbor. We're prepared and we're ready. I just wonder what that would tell the world. I believe that that church will rise up. I really do. I don't think that that is a, a pipe dream. I think that all of us have a heart for Christ. And if we all just do something, we can do a big thing and take care of things. So let's pray today. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge. I just pray that you continue to speak to people's hearts. I know that this is a, a tough subject because we're talking about things that could really change our lives and sometimes it's scary to, to pray and ask you to really show us what you might have been asking us to do for a while. I just pray that we would have courage and boldness to walk into that. Lord, I pray that our hearts here today, that, that we would just be so encouraged to have you change our world, that you, would, that you would change us from the inside out. Help us be the church that you're calling us to be in this world, not just the church that we want it to be, but the church that you want it to be. Help us not just to consume, but to contribute in your kingdom. This is what you've called us to do. This is who you've called us to be. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.